welcome all who join us here at St. Anne's and those who join us by way of spiritual communion through our live stream. Every Sunday we continue this service for you who are homebound or sick, and we are united with you in this sacrifice of the Mass. After all of these incredible miracles, no doubt thousands of them every day, every week, and for three years of his public ministry, Jesus must have been, in his humanity, exhausted. Can you imagine the powers that go out from him to heal and cure, raise the dead, the leprous, those who are possessed by demons, satanic forces, incredible stuff. And the apostles are exhausted because they've been doing crowd control all three years, thousands of miracles being performed, which is why he says, let's take a break. Let's go off to a deserted place and rest a while. Jesus needs a vacation. He needs a holiday. Poor Jesus, never got the holiday, never got that vacation. As soon as they get to the other side, thinking that they were safe from all these people that were hounding them, he gets off the boat, sees the vast crowd, he has no place else to go. He pities them, but he's exhausted. He keeps working even when he's exhausted. Now we can't do that. We can't keep working and not get exhausted. We have to take the holiday. We have to rest. Let's reflect on that word holiday because we're all taking holidays or vacations at some point. Holidays are intended to bring us, among other gifts, I hope, some peace of mind. We all want peace in that sense of relaxation, just to put aside all the burdens and worries and anxieties of life and just rest, a kind of calm in the midst of the storms of life. We're looking for peace. We look for that place or those persons or those things that bring us some relative degree of peace, calm, relaxation. That's the nature of a holiday. But holiday really is grounded in another word, the holy day. And we set aside this time to make holy something that we're all longing for. We come away to this deserted place this special place to find our peace. But it's not the peace of relaxation or calm in the sense of the world. It's not the same kind of peace that the disciples and Jesus were perhaps looking for when they said, let's go away to a deserted place and rest. Now I want to reflect on the holiness of the gift of the peace of Jesus Christ. See, we think of peace, peace on earth, peace from war or famines or plagues or fires or disasters of that sort, peace from strife, 
physical peace. But really what we're looking for ultimately is peace with God. That's our greatest desire, is to be at peace with God in this life and in the next. This has always been man's greatest desire and greatest need, to be truly at spiritual peace. Even in the midst of wars and plagues and fires and all the stuff of the world, ultimately in sophisticated religions from caveman to the present, there's always been this desire to make peace with the gods, to appease them, to make peace. And it often came through forms of sacrifice. If I give the gods the best they want, if I keep them happy, if I appease them, then I'll get some, what, favor, blessing, power on my side. Maybe the crops will be better this year. Maybe we won't have war. Maybe there will be more health and wealth. Just give the gods what they want and they're on our side. And if the gods are on our side, we can do anything. That's always been the attempt in natural religions from the beginning of caveman to the present. People try to make peace with God. But St. Paul says in this beautiful letter to the Ephesians, and that's the substance for today's homily, Christ is now the peace. Now what is Paul saying? He's saying that in all these other religions there's been an attempt to appease the gods, but all those forms of sacrifice and attempts were always imperfect. They were always incomplete. They might have been good for a while, but it's all relative over time. And in time, the gods were fickle, and they didn't like those sacrifices, and they abandoned their peoples. Then there were wars and plagues and famines and fires and disease and death. But in Christ, says Paul, we have a perfect peace. Brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, you were once far off. Now you have become near by the blood of Christ. He's talking about sacrifice, the blood of Christ. So the perfect act of sacrifice now is accomplished by a God-man on behalf of mankind, humankind, to atone, to appease God and cancel the debt owned by man and owed to God through the sin of Adam. For he is our peace, says St. Paul. See, this is not going to take away necessarily wars and plagues and fires and famines and disease and, and death that way. No, we're looking for the spiritual peace. This is the holiness of the gift of the peace of Christ that comes to us through the sacrifice of his body and blood. He broke down the dividing wall of enmity. Now, what's the enmity? That's that separation between man and God. Now he accomplishes in himself, truly man, truly God, perfectly, through his flesh, abolishing the law, the old, with all of its commandments and legal claims, thus establishing in himself, in one person, peace. Reconciling both with God through his body and the cross, and putting death to that separation. It's called reconciliation, divine reconciliation. This is the gift of peace. 
Paul goes on. He came and preached peace. Now we think again of that kind of worldly sense of peace. You know, good fellowship, fun, relaxation, calm. That's got its proper order, but what Paul is talking about here is the peace that is sealed by the blood of the lamb on the altar of sacrifice. So you're familiar with, in the Mass, the sign of peace. When the priest says, the peace of the Lord be with you, and you say, and with your spirit. What we're saying is that at that moment after the consecration, before we commune with the lamb of sacrifice, we have now recognized in faith the peace that has been accomplished by this perfect act of sacrifice, the lamb once slain to atone for all those sins, for all mankind, for all religions, for all philosophies, for all ways of life, past, present, future, living, dead, it doesn't matter. It's a perfect act of sacrifice. There is no religion like this. There's absolutely no religion in the world like this. That's amazing. Christianity is not on a par with the others. It supersedes them. That's what Paul is saying. The peace that mankind wants with God is accomplished in Christ. Because this victim is both God and man, unlike any other victim natural religions have ever had, or any other attempt to appease the gods. He came and preached peace to you who were far off, the Gentiles, and peace to those who were near, the Jews. And through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, the universe, the universal human family, now has access in one spirit to God the Father. Don't let Paul's readings miss you. They are so profound. And he just doesn't know how to put it all into one sentence. He has to go on with subordinate clauses and it's so complex, but he's trying to grapple with this mystery, the truth of the mystery of the peace that Jesus Christ wants to give each one of us. So that moment then when I say, the peace of the Lord be with you, and you say with your spirit, we acknowledge what used to be called the kiss of peace. They call it now what, the sign of peace or the rite of peace, but it really was called the kiss of peace. It's not the kiss that we exchange with each other with, hey Bob, how you doing? It's the kiss that is here when he seals the deal, he kisses with his blood and makes permanent, everlasting, the covenant of mercy and forgiveness. That's the peace of Christ. So this is more profound than just the peace of the world, calm and vacation and holiday peace. We're talking about a profound spiritual peace. And so whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through, whatever the world goes through, day by day, with all of its ups and downs and hurdles and, and confusions and frustrations and injustice, we can stand confident for 2,000 years until the end of time 
that this peace that every man and woman longs for in this world and as a pledge and promise for the next has been accomplished perfectly in Christ. Now that's the gift of peace. If I know that, if I really know that, I may not feel that, but if I know that in faith, I have a tremendous gift. I can really truly be joyful knowing that all things have been accomplished and reconciled by Christ. It's just good to remember that. I know we know that, but it's good to just say it again. May the peace of Christ be with you. The peace, the gift of eternal peace, of reconciliation that he has accomplished on behalf of mankind before God the Father in his perfect act of sacrifice. And now we commune with that. We kiss that peace, as it were, in consuming his body and blood. We are now filled with his love, his mercy, and that peace which knows no end.